0: Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere. One to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. I'm fed up of the month, of the the money running out before the month runs out. Um, You know, when, when there's... When you can't see a way forward and you think it's just impossible because I can't see it and then all of a sudden it opens up like the Red Sea and you walk through it you know that God's with you and so I want to talk to you I'm going to give you a a look into your future that's what I want to do and and uh, I want to let you see how you could possibly respond to your future Because there's two responses that you can have to your future. Let me read to you. It's in Numbers chapter 13, starting at verse 17. As I read it through, my title of my talk, it might change as we go on, but we're here for a little while. It's called Living Lodge, or Living Life Lodge, because we've shrunken our lives to what we can cope with and what we've got. And that's not living, that's existing. I once talked to a a guy who's down on his luck, we used to call them tramps, but uh, he was a heavy drinker and stuff. And he told me how we can do anything he wants, really. He's, sorry, he's no responsibilities. And that's why he started to, he just jacked his job in, walked away from his family as a professor and a bright fella in some ways, and um, just stayed, and he just said, I just drink every day. And he said, I don't always get drunk, but he said, I, I read the newspaper every day. He said, and I'm relaxed. And I said, so is this living? And he stopped because he's a bright fella in some ways. He just said, Now it's an existence. And yet he had the utopia of no responsibility. Who would love no responsibility? Anybody? Well, you don't have to worry about anybody else. Don't even have to worry about yourself except where your next drink's coming from. (laughs) So uh, that's an existence. And many of us live like that. And I want to just have a look in the Bible because the Bible, there's nothing new. There's nothing will happen in our history and time uh, that will be new to mankind. Nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. And um, the Bible is full of uh, people's lives, ordinary people's lives, and some were extraordinary lives too. And, uh, and it's they're showing us the good, the bad, and the ugly. The Bible doesn't hide the bad stuff in the good people's lives and says they were just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It, it, when there was bad stuff going on behind the scenes, the Bible tells us about that. And it, it does it on purpose because if you're a failure... You, only, you don't you go to the Bible, it's full of failures. If, you, if you're fearful, the Bible's full of fearful people who became bold and strong and overcame the fear. If you're a liar, you say, I'm not a liar. There you go again. Yeah. So if you're a liar, you see what God does with liars in the Bibles. In the Bible, it's absolutely amazing. If you're unfaithful, don't tell anybody. But if you're unfaithful, it shows you in the Bible what happened to unfaithful men and women. How yeah. they turned around and became faithful. It's it's just amazing. So I'm just letting you know that the Bible is the go-to place. It's not a book, it's a library. That's why you don't start at one end and finish at the other. You choose a book, and I've I've encouraged you in the past, the best book to choose in the Bible is Philemon. It's about eight verses long, ten verses long, and uh, you can read a chapter in one go, (laughs) the whole book, in fact. Anyway, Moses, a great leader. He didn't start that way, by the way. He's just an angry man. And uh, he had a checkered past in the sense of um, he, he, he was forced into adoption. And uh, anyway, he was adopted into the richest place on earth. That's, that's not, <laughs> there's always an upside, isn't there, I suppose? <laughs> um, but um, he was a, an angry man. And God changed him. It was an amazing story. 40 years Moses learning, uh, trying to prove that he was a somebody. 40 years. And then 40 years finding out. He was a nobody. And then at 80 years old, God said, you're ready. 80 years old, he said, you're ready. He's going, to but me back. <laughs> oh, and my <me> knees. <laughs> What's my name again? So, he, and then he, the next 40 years of his life, you think at 80, you're ready to like, you know, get promotion. Be me up, Scotty. But it, it wasn't, he had another 40 years. 40 years trying to prove he was somebody. 40 years uh, realizing he was a nobody. And then the last 40 years... Finding out that God can use nobodies. Isn't that amazing? Okay, then Moses, I, I'm just trying to create a bit of time already. So then Moses uh, sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people are, uh, who dwell there are strong or weak. He's trying to find out what's our future like, yeah? Whether the people who dwell in that land are strong or weak, few are many. Who, who'd like them to be weak, if you were in Moses' situation? Okay, who'd like them to be few, not a lot? So if there's any ass, we'll, we'll duff them. We, we, we'll just absolutely knock them all out short, yeah? Um, few are many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor. And whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, uh, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. Hamath, oh, look at all these names. Anyway, let's just move on. They mean nothing really. <laughs> it means nothing to me. <laughs> then they came to the valley of Eshkol and, and, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. Just say one cluster. One cluster. One cluster. Who's ever been to Tesco's and you get that pommet thing and you know it's like a cluster of grapes, yeah? yeah? They cut down one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. Can you get the size of things? God's future for us is about large. It's about enlarging. It's about big. And so... I've lost my place now, just being sarcastic about men and women. Uh, So they cut down this cluster and it took two of them to carry this thing on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. Moses and Aaron were brothers. And, uh, and they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Could you imagine, if you're looking for your future and saying, is, is there going to be plenty? Because we've been living in a desert for years. Is there going to be plenty? And they bring back grapes. What can you make with grapes? Can anyone tell me? You don't even have to be French to say that, dear. you? Eh? <laughs> Why? All they've drunk is bitter water through the desert. And now... God's future is bright, you know what I mean? When Jesus came, the first miracle God ever did through his son wasn't cleansing the leper, wasn't feeding the poor, it was making, turning water into what? Eh? Is our God a partying God? I'm trying to shout to get you going, nothing's moving you. Does anyone want a free bottle of wine this morning? Yeah, back off, back off, just wake up. So, oh my word. So God is not religious. You've got to, we make him so religious and like, anally retentive in everything, decision that he makes. But he's not. God created the orgasm. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it. It's just out before I even thought to hold it back. He's a creator. How amazing is God? Yeah. He said, go forth and multiply. So he's commanded us to do something. And you can imagine I'm going, oh, do we have to? And he says, I'll give you an orgasm. He's like, oh, I'll do that then. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to demystify and de-religiousize God. God said that he created us in a way that we had to drink, what well, I'm thinking water now, not so much beer or wine, that we needed to drink and we needed to eat in order to survive. Anyone enjoy eating here? Anyone wish you could eat and not put calories on? It's fantastic. So, and it's a, and this, because there's a, there's something at the back of your throat that gives you pleasure when you drink, when you're thirsty, and when you eat, when you're hungry. How amazing is God? And the scientist once said, there is no God. And you're thinking, oh, I think I'll jump on this side. I said, you're all right. It is amazing how he has created us. But I'm just trying to let you see that God is not religious. He, he, God's more into pleasure than we think. Just think about what I've just said to you. God is more into pleasure than what we think. He's more into desire than what we think. He's saying, there's a bit fruit. Well, Shelly's been away all weekend. It's driving me nuts. Anyway. Here we go. So where were we on this? Gosh. <laughs> they brought the grapes. <laughs> Can't get over the grapes. <laughs> so they brought back word to the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they, they told him and said, we went. we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. That's just meant to, that's meant to say with abundance. Yeah. That's a picture that they use in the Old Testament of abundance, milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Everyone got oh, bummer. <laughs> the cities are fortified and very large. Bummer. <laughs> Moreover, we see the descendants of Anak, or the or the Anaks with the uh, giants in the land, like Goliath. And then there's the Itites, Jebusites, Luddites and all them kind of things, right? Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. So you've got 10 of these 12 uh, guys that have gone out to spy out the land. The 10 giving the, they're telling the truth, but they're not telling the whole truth. The truth is, there are giants in the land. The truth is the cities are big and large and fortified. The truth is that the, the, the people in there are many. That's, that's the truth, but it's not the whole truth. And so they look at what they see and they say, it's impossible, we can't do it. And, we, and we'd love to, you know, Moses, but we, you know, it's just too much. We can't do that. They're living in the present. And yet God has given them a picture of the future and they're fighting that picture of the future. Just nudge somebody and say, I think that one's for you. Because when I talk about God's future for your life, you're going to say it's too hard. And I'm going to say, but you're you're not meant to do it on your own. There is another in the fire. There is another in your living room. There is another in your workplace. There is another, there is another. And he's the one that's going to do the magic. And he's not called Walt Disney. (laughs) It's called Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for reminding me. I do digress and I get lost myself. (laughs) Please, Walt, could you just please... Amen. (laughs) Then Caleb, he couldn't stand the negativity. He quieted the people before Moses, and he said, let us go up at once. Not tomorrow, not three days. He goes, let us go up at once. There's an energy and an urgency, and that's what I love about new Christians, because when you become a Christian, you believe that God can do absolutely anything and more, and then you get around Christians that have been Christians for two or three or four or five or 20 years or whatever, it's like... Well, I used to think like you. You say, I know, it's a shame. You've lost it. And now you become an unbelieving believer who believes in Jesus but doesn't really believe in anything that he can do. And I love New Christmas. Was Mike sharp this morning? So he gets up and he's there and he's like, 130 senioritas. <laughs> Not senioritas, I don't even know why I said that. 130 quid. And he's like buzzing about the exact price. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. I know, that, I know you're all looking as if to say, well, it's not that much, right? Really. It's a miracle. Yeah. It's the exact amount of money. When Mike rang me on Friday night, that's what blew him away. It wasn't the money. It's the fact it was the exact amount. I, I were gutted because I thought I might get 10% myself saying, how much we in this? <laughs> and I love it. Fresh-faced and full of faith this morning. Full of faith and boldness. That is what will take you into God's future. Not, not grumpy knickers. That won't take you there. Like, oh, I've tried it, didn't work. Tried it, didn't work. You know, have you ever tried to buy a car and you haven't got some money? I'm talking to the men predominantly. Eventually, we will find that money, won't we? Yeah. I tried it once, didn't work, so I tried it a million other times until I got what I were after, yeah? yeah? It's the same in the spirit realm. Yeah. Yeah. So Caleb, a real man of faith. So he, he, he says, let's go and do it. We can overcome them. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against this people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Everyone said bad report. report. We need to watch our tongue. We need to watch how we speak about things. Gave them a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone has spies and it's a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There, uh, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, uh, came through uh, from the giant, uh, giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were uh, and, and so we were in their sight, as well. That's a bad self-image. When they looked, and they just this, they, they thought, oh, these. They're just amazing. We, they are tough and strong, and they felt like grasshoppers, and so they assumed that the enemy thought that they looked like grasshoppers. That's just not true. And so they were staring at the future, and that was the response. That's the best that they could muster. And the Israelites didn't go up. And they spent the next 40 years. There was other complaints as well, what about our kids? They'll get it could really affect their future if we go in, in, into this place. It's dangerous, etc. etc. And your God said, the children that you want to protect, they're the ones that'll go in and take possession of this land. But as for you, you won't get in. And God waited 40 years till everybody had died in that generation of unbelief. And then he took the new generation in. And they did take over that land. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I've watched the church in our nation. I've been a Christian just short of 40 years, and I've watched it just die. I'm talking about the denominations now, like your Baptist, your Methodist, your, you know, different ones, Church of England, Catholics, though, how it's declined in our nation. So when you get figures out, it says, "Oh, the church in, in Britain's really, it's only this percentage. And that's not true, because there's shed loads of churches like ours that don't even come on their radar. And, uh, and so the church is growing. Do you know, there's more people go to church on a Sunday than, than, than goes to watch football on a Saturday. It's been like that for years. And I'm a football fan. But um, i sport anybody who's winning. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, um, you know, I've watched the church die because they refused to go in and take possession of the land. They refused to go in and obey God and saying, go and spread my gospel throughout this nation. Well, people won't listen today. People are not into God today. They weren't 300 years ago, you know. And when the Wesley brothers started from Yorkshire, and they started preaching the gospel, they even preached, preached outside of, of coal pits, and they got beaten up, they got coal thrown at them, they got put in hospital. They got, the, all sorts of things happened, but you know what? The gospel spread through our nation, and that's the reason we have schools today, education for all, because it was only education. The social side of the gospel that came out was immense. As I'm just letting you know that we, we turned a nation back to God. And God was calling his church, uh, even, even 40 years ago, he was calling his church to go and spread the gospel, and they didn't. And they had cosy club. Everyone said cosy club. And if you went and sat in the wrong seat in a church, you, you found out you were sat in somebody's seat, Mrs. Such and Such a body who should have died years ago. Um, you know, people like that that killed the church, because church then became all about the building and all about Mrs. Who's it? Never cross her, because you will be in trouble for the rest of your life. She is like the mafia. Um, and and so yeah, you know, I come along and I say, well, I don't negotiate with terrorists. The pews get get chopped down. (laughs) Everything goes. Burn the building down. Get the insurance and run. Anyway, just saying. And so I determined as a young man at 19, I just thought, this gospel is so powerful. I'm going to give my life to this. And same with Michelle. And so me and Michelle, I call her Michelle. I call her Shelley. I haven't got two wives. (laughs) Honest. (laughs) So, So we decided to give our lives as a young couple. And now we're getting older. And I'm now, I'm more, I'm more nearer 60 than I am 50. And it's frightening. Even my back tells me that now I have to roll out of bed rather than sit up and get out of bed. You know, anyway, enough about me. It's like therapy for me every Sunday when I just talk about where I'm at. But I want to talk about living life large. And you know, Jesus, when he died on the cross, it wasn't just to forgive you your sins. It was to give you a brilliant future. And um, we have been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus, we've been we've been given everything. There's nothing more coming from heaven to us. He said, Oh, that's I thought that's what happened when you prayed. It came from now. I want to unpack some of it. So here's the point I want to get across today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Get ready. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has past tense, blessed us in the heavenly realms with how many blessings? Amen. Not some, but Every, not some, but every every spiritual blessing were in Christ. So it only happens if you're a believer, if you're in Christ. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. And you know, when you read the Bible... That is God's will for your life. If there's anything that we need that's slightly different, you know, the Bible will tell you how to marry. It won't tell you who to marry. Yeah? The Bible will tell you how to live, but not where to live. To get to know the details, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then not only will you be reading His Word from the outside, you'll be getting the Holy Spirit confirming this message is for you on the inside. And you start to become sensitive to another Uh, uh, another person besides yourself speaking into your life. Here's a scripture for you. We've already been blessed. So we're looking to God to manifest or bring into reality those blessings in our life. He says, if we will follow him, all these blessings will come upon you. If we follow him, it's conditional. See, if you do your own thing, then forget it. But if you follow him diligently, then... Uh, all these blessings will come upon you. More than that, they'll overtake you if you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God. God is a big God. But as believers around the world, we've been asking for things that are far too small. If you could possibly just. If you, and we pray the just prayers. You know, God, if you could just do that, if, if you could just, as if He couldn't. You know, he created the world in six days. How amazing is that? And the Bible says, well, the English translation of the Bible says, and he rested on the seventh, you know, like he shattered. The Hebrew Bible tells us the truth. It said he just stopped creating. How does God stop creating? He just doesn't say anything. Because the moment he says it, it'll happen. So he doesn't say anything. A few Bible scholars, you'll know that God didn't say anything for 400 years after the last book in the Bible, Malachi. And for 400 years, God didn't speak. He didn't create a new thing. And then the word of the Lord came to John the Baptist. And God began to speak again. And he was about to do his greatest creation and recreation through his son, Jesus Christ. Just for Bible scholars, I'll leave it with you. You can all go wow afterwards and say, Dave, you're amazing. Everyone else is like, is it not coffee time yet? (laughs) Am I going to be rich? Just tell me I'm going to be rich and then I'll go and get me coffee. (laughs) God's big. And we've reduced him down to just, too small. God challenged believers in the Old Testament. He said, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. That's a big prayer. He said, ask me, I'll give you the whole world. Ask me, who's got that kind of faith? I was part of a, a movement of churches called New Frontiers, led by a man called Terry Virgo. I think he's in his 70s, possibly his 80s now. But we went on a, a camp one time, me and Shelley, and, and uh, that's where God gave us the vision for our lives together. And, uh, and he told us to be like Nehemiah, rebuilding the walls in society. And, um, and so, you, you know, we, we got married, and, we, you know, Terry Virgo's always been up there for us. He's, he's an amazing fella. But, you know, he asked God for the nations. He said, I want to plant churches all over the world. And he's got the biggest church planting movement in Uh, not in the world it could even be in the world but definitely in Europe he's got almost a thousand churches and I've watched his movement grow and I've been so inspired and they see the miracles they have all sorts of bad things happen they have to overcome and then they keep going they are an unstoppable force why because the church was always meant to be unstoppable you can kill the visionary but you can't kill the vision And we just keep going, we keep going, we keep going. The church in China, you know, the missionaries got booted out in the Boxer Rebellion in China in 1912. And all the missionaries were gutted because they thought the church had ended. Forty years later, behind the bamboo curtain, we found out there was 40 million Christians. Forty million. I mean, there were a handful when the missionaries were there. there's a thought get rid of the missionaries and it just grows but uh, absolutely amazing same with Russia shed loads of Christians Iran is full of young people that are becoming Christians through satellite television and the God channels it's amazing what God is doing and I want to be part of that. I want to say Lord give us the nations you know give us not just Britain I want Britain because I'm you can tell by the way I talk I am forged and and formed for Britain but I don't want to just stay here. I want to go to Swanniania. I want to go to Sweden. I want to go to Copenhagen and, and Denmark, and then Germany. Who, who wants to go to? Anyone want to go and plant a church in Germany? <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> so, I'm joking. You know, I'm thinking of further fl- Poland. Who wants to go to Poland? <laughs> who, who wants to go to the Ukraine? Who wants to go? Who wants to go to Glasgow? Yeah. There you go. So ask of me. Can you see the bigness of God? Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Talk about asking large. So from now on, I'm going to teach you how to live life large. And that comes through in all my all talks because I've been a dutiful Christian, believing that I, Jesus died for my forgiveness and I, I thank him for that. And then to find out there is more. Yeah. He's like the Irish comedian and there's more. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy Cricket, yeah? Forget it. <laughs> he's a believer, by the way. Jimmy Cricket, he's a Christian. Okay. Now you have, now every one of us, we've all been blessed. Every believer has been blessed with every blessing. So my question to you is, so can you see them blessings? Wow. Yes. Wow. See, before you answer, because uh, some of you are saying, yeah, no, uh, I don't know, I'm confused. I hate these kind of questions. When I'm sat there, I'm thinking, just tell us so the answer is no you can see some yes but all those blessings we've been blessed with every blessing so can you see it and the answer is no can you see all your blessings have they all come have they all materialized the desires in your hearts that you're hoping and praying for have they come yet no a lot of them haven't come some have come but we've been blessed with every blessing so they're still invisible let me go back to a car. It's a, it's a pathetic idea, but just, just bear with me. You know, the Mercedes car, you're thinking of, if only, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to get a Mercedes car. It's invisible. And we have somehow got to, got to get hold of the invisible and make it a reality, yeah? I pray for a Mercedes car, I got a Mercedes van. I'm not arguing. <laughs> no, there are point to that. I could have had a car, but because of my back, I got a van because you can sit upright and it's better for your back and stuff like that. And my mate, he'd work me out and he just said, I know you're after a car, Dave, and I know Shelly would like a car, but honestly, these vans are brilliant. I've used them for years in my business. Would you like one? I said, yes, please. So he went and got me one. Who'd like that kind of blessing? See, it's it's there. It's not just for special people. It's like me. (laughs) It's not just for special people. It's there. So how do you get it from there, invisible, down here? I can see some of you are still, you're still struggling with, with material things and invisible things. And it's almost like this is just too airy-fairy. And that's your first obstacle to getting into the promised land. Is you've got to deal with that thought that it's too airy-fairy. It's not, I didn't make it up. I didn't invent it. God invented it. As you believe, Jesus says, you will see. So the key here is not how beautiful you look or how handsome you look, whether you're wearing the right clothes, whether you've got a smart car, whether your postcode's bad or good, doesn't really matter. None of that matters. What matters is faith. Not just in faith in Jesus to forgive you your sins, but faith in Jesus to materialise those every blessings into your world. And you've got to understand that the invisible world is more powerful and the physical world we have it the other way around but it's not true the physical world came out of the invisible god spoke and said let there be and there was matter was created out of the invisible this let me bring it down for you disneyland was created from the invisible first you know when walt disney died somebody said to his wife i wish walt could be here you know the opening day of of uh, of his uh, of disney world And they just said, I wish Walt could have seen this. His wife went, he he did. (laughs) That's why you've got it. He saw it. Yeah. Yeah. He could see it. And that's powerful when you begin to see it. Because when you see it, you start to believe it. And God works on visions and dreams. You know, Seth and Val, uh, you know, I'm sure they don't mind me. I've shared this testimony so many times. But when they were struggling to conceive, they were enjoying the process. Fair enough. But really, they wanted a result. And they weren't getting a result. And then one of the leaders spoke to the belly of Val and commanded it to to conceive. And they said, and you'll have a son in the next 12 months. And in the next nine months, they had a son, Billy. And then Billy was followed on by, because faith grows. It's like the whole body now of Valerie is like, this can happen. Why? Because it's just had a baby. So God sorts it out and she's on th- number three. She's expecting number three. I was just checking that I weren't giving it away. So her mind's all over the show. She's not thinking about there's another in the fire. She's, there's a bun in the oven, and it's feeling close to me. You know, when she joined us, she had very little faith. That's, that's uh, according to her husband. <laughs> but she didn't get the invisible thing, and we had a day of being filled with the Holy Spirit, talking about teaching about the work of the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one now at work in us. Uh, you know, Jesus has come and done his thing. but now it's the, and, and the Father did his thing in creation and everything. But you know, it's now the time of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit living in us. And we had a day about being filled with the Spirit. Then I invited people, do you, want to, do you want me to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit? And they said, yes, except one person. Well, there were a couple actually. And one of them was Val. And she was like, she was fearful and angry. And so she wouldn't go with it. And then, and then, so a, a, a week or so later, I felt impressed to just, you know, I felt, felt the Holy Spirit impressing on me to have another meeting. So I called another meeting and I said, we're going to be, I'm going to be praying for you to be filled with the Spirit. I'll do some teaching. So I did loads of teaching until everyone was falling asleep. And then I said, who wants to be filled with the Spirit? Val had already been filled with the Spirit. She come up to me, she says, I think it's happened to me tonight. I said, I'm sure it has. Because when I first met you, there was so much resistance to it. And to to, to the Holy Spirit's work. And and now you're like, I think it's happened. And it was that night where she was prayed for and uh, the rest is history. She's now got a family. But it starts in the invisible. And the invisible is more powerful than the physical. And we can shape the physical. Whatever's going on in your life, we can shape it through prayer. But our problem is we ask too small. So instead of getting points for you today, so it's be easy for you to listen, I've just merged it all into a big introduction. And I'll continue the introduction next week. Because I have this thought that people pick up a line or a phrase and they think, ah, oh, I never knew that. Or, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And, um, you know, it's great if it's ordered. It's great for me if it's ordered. I love order. I just can't find the thing. So we've been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. But if you don't have faith, much of the blessings uh, that are there will not, most of the blessings will not be materialized because they're in the spiritual realm. Let's just try this again. Can we just get Ephesians 1 up, verse 3? He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed who? Us. Where? In the heavenly realms. How much? with every spiritual blessing. Where? In Christ. The spirit realm is just as real or even more real than the physical realm. And I want to take away the spookiness of the spiritual realm. Because when you think about spiritual realm, you think about spirits, and you think about witches, and and then it all descends into, uh, you know, Harry Potter. Um, so I want to keep it and just saying the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a force. But he's the one that helped create... In the beginning, he's, he's if I can say it like this, he's the energy of God Almighty, because he is God Almighty. But stop asking for small. If that verse says, says nothing else, it says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Let's stop asking God for small. Let's raise our faith and let's, let's watch him blow our minds with what he can do. Because when you, when you receive a big prayer answered, promotion comes when you go through a battle and win promotion from God comes and um, th- there are new things from God at a higher level and as your faith grows you'll believe your belief in him will grow and so your life will expand and it just grows and grows and grows and it's a bit like a rucksack, uh, like a sleeping bag you know when you've got it out of its its case out of its bag and then you've got to try and put that big thing back in that little thing you know it's hard work getting it back in and your life I want to say from today onwards your life is going to get difficult to put back into the old because God's going to lead you out and your life is going to get so much bigger God is so positive I've been a negative beggar for a lot of my Christian life working class it'll never happen and you know if it is, you've just got to eat, eat grit for 10 years and prove that you're, you've, got, you've got stuffing in life and you're not a flake and all that lot. And it's silly. That's a good lie from the devil for, for macho men to believe. Jesus didn't walk around, swan around, you know, saying, I've just been to the, the gym. My gym's down there. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to have big tattoos. He didn't have to have, I'm not having to go tattoos. I've got tattoos myself. But I'm just saying it wasn't, it's not a macho thing it's believing it's believing and that's the most precious thing that we have is faith you can take everything away from me except my faith because with faith I'll start again I'll keep going again and I'll keep speaking out that my life is greater that it's going to be greater than what it was but I'm going to to teach you that is anybody up for that? honestly the result sounds great the process is painful because you're going to have to fight some battles you have to change your thinking of how you've been living, in order to get a different result. Madness, they tell us, is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And they did that with patients where they turned taps on in a in a sink, and they you know they couldn't turn the taps off, and they had to find a way of plugging the all uh, or whatever. I forget what, what. Anyway, the result was they couldn't do it, whichever. Way. But they kept trying to do the same old thing like keep trying to turn the taps off but they don't turn off who's ever done that where you're trying to do a job and you think this is what the instructions say you follow the instructions and it doesn't work so you wait a bit and then you go and do it again and it doesn't work and then you do it about 20 times and you think I'm following the instructions we're going to have to change we're going to have to step back and say I'm going to throw the rule book away because it's not working for me now God what do you say What can I do? How can I change? And it's going to be scary, but you know what? You've got the church walking with you and we've got to become more vulnerable to each other and be a bit more open where we just say, help me, because nothing's happening. I've been praying like mad. And the next thing that we do when we're struggling is fast. (laughs) Like this, this'll do it. We chuck the kitchen sink in it. And it's not, it's by faith. It's by faith. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast please check out our other messages available on the website.